Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel as well as the Strickland Podcast Network. If you are watching this the day after, Merry Christmas to all. Happy holidays to everyone that celebrates. Um, Knicks lose, not to not my surprise at least, 119-112 to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are now on an eight-game win streak. Um, very rough game, especially that second half. First half, a lot of things rolling up until a certain point. Um, you know, Julius came out really strong, had a very strong first um, quarter, I would say. Um, Jalen Brunson looked like he had finally got back into the mix of things, I would say, a little bit. Um, but like towards the end of that like second quarter, that's where the game kind of shifted, in my opinion. Um, I had tweeted out like right after the free throws that the um the Sixers started to get, um, as well as that absolutely bullshit buzzer beater by Shake Milton definitely changed um the tone of the game um and from there i knew that this was probably going to be a Knicks loss just because it shifted the um it shifted the i guess what the Knicks wanted to do and like how they were going to approach the game for the rest of the game um because i thought in the first at least in the first quarter and part of the second quarter i thought the Knicks did a good job defensively with the activity and physicality but once it got to that um once Embiid started getting the free throws and Mitch got out of the game, that really changed things. And it changed things for the worst for us. Um, free throws aside, I mean, James Harden and Joel Embiid, you already know what you're going to get. They combined for what, like 20, 20 sec- 26 free throw attempts today. I mean, that's like par for the course with them. So, you know, that's what we expected out of those two. Um, but yeah, I think aside from the free throws, which we all knew were going to be pathetic to begin with, the Knicks, um, offense and defense was pretty bad in that, um, fourth quarter. The offense came to a standstill, um, got possessions ending with just one guy, either like, um, initiating the, um, the sequence and one guy finishing it, like not a lot of movement. I think like for, through the first three quarters, we had like 27 assists. Um, we ended the game with 30 assists. So that alone will tell you how much the offense stagnated. Um, it's been a pretty, you know, consistent thing with the Knicks and their offense in the fourth quarter. It becoming a very high ISO heavy, very pick and roll heavy. And when guys just don't have it going and when the team's rhythm is completely off the way it was, um, it just didn't help things at all. Um, and yeah, I mean, that kind of really set the tone for the, um, I mean, that's pretty much what, what killed us in that game. Um, I mean, when you look at the numbers, it looks like everyone, it looks like the starting lineup pretty much had a really great game, but like when you really dive deep into like what happened on the court and you see the cert, the things that happened, it really, you know, is disappointing. Um, especially from certain guys. I mean, I mean, one thing that that really stuck out to me, I would say, is um, that fourth quarter when IQ got out of the game and Jeff had tweeted this out. Um, he had said that IQ had basically guarded 
so many he guarded like harris harden and niang on one single possession and i think like right after that play he got he got um subbed out for grimes which i think is like been the regular thing as of late with um the rotations and after that i mean between that and miscommunication and like randall falling asleep on defense a whole bunch of times like niang just was able to just hit a whole bunch of threes and that really was the thing that ended the the game for the Knicks. Like I think he hit like two straight threes and he hit four threes total in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, him alone was the reason why we lost. And a lot of that is on Randall, I think, because there was a, there was a play that, that really stuck out to me. He fell asleep completely as Niang was just curling around to the, basically to the top of the key and Randall fell asleep. He was lucky that Niang missed it, but that was like a key sign of like what was killing the Knicks in that moment um yeah I mean it's so wild to see um I mean not wild to me at least but it's wild to see a basketball team just go go away from so many of the things that worked so well for them um over the course of uh eight game uh, eight game win streak and the fact that you know Dibs is like relapsing into old bad habits is just you know pretty pretty predictable pretty par for the course um i also tweeted today during the game that you know that i i'm like dibs he he might have tricked some people with the win streak and the lineup changes adding deuce and sims and grimes into the rotation full stead but i mean for me it's something that i don't you know i don't i don't buy into him being here long term and i'm I'm really i'm really looking back at the win streak now and i'm like that is something that definitely probably bought him more time than needed um and yeah i mean I, I honestly don't know what else to say there um very disappointing loss for the knicks considering the way that they were playing they're playing so well for i think a good majority of the game um the threes were, were going down um you know rj was struggling but you know i think that even though he was struggling and man, wow, he played 43 minutes tonight. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I think we, that's something that also needs to be discussed as well as in terms of like expanding the rotation and like, I mean, to, I mean, basically today it was an eight man rotation to be honest. Cause he played deuce like five and a half minutes and yeah, I mean, I don't get why he only played deuce that many minutes. Deuce didn't, it didn't like deuce was doing anything particularly too bad or too good to like warrant him not being in the the game longer um just giving guys more initiating reps um something that um Schwinn had mentioned to me earlier before i came on here was i mean only rj brunson and randall are getting initiating reps now like iq doesn't get initiating reps which is really really annoying because it, it, it like it kind of like cap straps the team into playing um a certain way um and you know it's just not conducive to the development like we say they're going all in on the youth movement and like you know development and all this good stuff but like what good is it if like guys like deuce are getting five and a half minutes um someone that's great defensively when the defense was absolutely struggling in that fourth quarter when IQ was was only going to play, it was on course to was on track to only play 17 minutes until Brunson got hurt and he got subbed back in. Like to me, all of this is just wild. 
Um, it was a very winnable game, I think. Um, even with the refs, you know, we were still, you know, punch for punch with the Sixers as they were still dominating from the free throw line. Um, so I won't put it all on the refs, but I will say part of the refs, it, it kind of dictated how the flow of the game changed in the um in that second quarter. Because a lot of people will say, oh, the fourth quarter is where the game ended for the Knicks, but I will say it's the second quarter. I think everything from there on out kind of is dictated by that run by the Sixers that the Sixers made. Um, and you know, I saw Fred Katz tweeting saying that, you know, Embiid is unstoppable after that first half, but like he got going because he was able to get to the free throw line. And once he saw the ball go in, he was able to, you know, ease himself better into the game in that that third quarter. Um, and from there, you know, especially with the three fouls on Mitch, it kind of also inhibited Mitch and in how he could play. Cause I thought he was doing a great job defensively on 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 Embiid, despite the the foul trouble. I mean, he there was this great play where he had he had a strip on him, he had some great contest on him. Um, and you know. He got into foul trouble, and that's all she wrote from there with with the Embiid um, Mitch matchup. And it's it's gonna be hard no matter who's against um, Embiid because like even when Sims was on him, he got Sims into a bit of foul trouble as well. Like that's just a game that you're gonna play when you're playing against a guy like Embiid. He's not looking to play basketball; he's looking to get to the free throw line. That's what him and James Harden's whole mo. They both attempted like plus. Um, 11 plus free throws both of them like they're they're not looking like there are tons of possessions where they are just absolutely looking to flail into the defender throw their arms into the defenders throw their arms up into the air hoping that the refs grant them the whistle which they most likely will um that type of stuff it changes how you're allowed to defend um players i think like you're not allowed to guard certain guys more physical than others and you know i mean Huge example. Look at the way PJ Tucker's allowed to body up on our guys, and like if we even simply just breathe on Embiid the wrong way, two, two, two free throws, and that's two easy points for the Sixers right there. I mean, like just look at that simple comparison. I understand he's a star in the league, but like that kind of like differentiation is like insanity to me, because like it, it totally changes the way that you're allowed to guard guys and how you're allowed to go about things. Like they're allowed to be way more physical with us on our players just because we don't have a bona fide star like Embiid or Harden but they we can't do anything to them like I just think that's bullshit but you know that's the game that you're playing in this league um you know stars will get that benefit of the doubt and you know you just gotta find a way to work around it sadly um gonna get into everybody's favorite part of these shows a little bit earlier since I don't have a co-host with me today um so we can get this out of the way and get into some comments if you're watching on twitter pull up to youtube you know you can leave a comment there sadly on twitter you cannot leave any comments i don't know what the deal is with that um shout out to those that are tuning in on twitter though um if you'd like to leave a comment question anything of the sort pull up to youtube um the link should be on one of the tweets that you know the strickland had up earlier um that leads directly to the youtube feed so you know if you want to tune in there and leave a comment definitely do that um the nba season is heating up when i'm looking to get in on the action i bet with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba new customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any nba team to win their game and get 150 dollars in free bets if they do check this out right now everyone can earn up to a 100 boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays go to the DraftKings sportsbook app 
Place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Um, download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN, as you see in the corner of your screen if you are watching on YouTube or on Twitter. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right. Let's get into some comments. Got quite a few, got a couple rolling in. Um, Chris Bernhard says, if y'all thought the Knicks were winning with how that first half ended, especially with the free throw disparity, I don't know what to tell you. The freezing cold offensive streak was basically a plus to this nightmare. Yep. I mean, I said it from, from the jump, you know, that, you know, that first half, the way it ended, it definitely swung momentum onto the Sixers side. I mean, I'm glad that the Knicks didn't allow that to kind of crush the way that they came out in the, the third quarter. Cause I thought in the third quarter, they still did a good job of coming out, you know, executing, staying with the Sixers step for step, maintaining a lead, um, which the Sixers finally gained in that fourth quarter, but be able to maintain that lead for majority of that for all of the third quarter, um, I thought was pretty strong resolve, which has been like a compliment of this team, although they did collapse in that fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, the free throw disparity definitely didn't help anything at all. It definitely, like I said earlier, it helped Embiid get into rhythm, I would say. Um, and you know, it allowed, it allowed the, the, this, the Sixers take advantage of a weaker next defense, which wasn't allowed to do the same things it was able to do in that first, I would say quarter and a half of the game. Um, but yeah, that first half definitely to me, that's where the game absolutely changed for the worst for the Knicks. Um, but yeah, it definitely changed the tone right there. Um, and then the cherry on top was the shake Milton, absolute bullshit half court heave that went in um after Harden fouled Jalen Brunson um and he lost the ball I mean it's 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 just insane the stuff that you know Sixers you know can can do on the court and we 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 breathe on certain guys wrong and it's like absolutely the worst thing ever um but yeah Chris Bernhardt also says if y'all thought um also didn't help RJ and Randall stunk it up in the second half from both sides of the floor. But like I said before, the first half finish was basically a warning side. Definitely agree with you there. Um, but yeah, I mean, RJ, I don't know, man. It's, it's something with these national TV games. My son is always, you know, not doing his best in these games. 17, 10, and 4. Um, 6 for 21 from the field. Missed a lot of easy bunnies in the lane, which is very weird because the last couple games, he's been absolutely dominant in the paint um or at least he's been way better than usual in the paint in terms of efficiency and finishing layups i mean lately he's been dunking a lot too so you know that's something that he needs to get back to i think we play the mavs in dallas on tuesday so it's going to be very interesting to see how the knicks approach that game um but yeah i mean randall randall had a great game in the first half but second half i don't know if he was trying to go toe for toe with joel Embiid. Um, what it was in terms of the um, the game plan. I don't know if Dibs was telling them to go more ISO heavy, but he dominated the ball a lot. It did not result in a lot of good possessions for the Knicks. Um, I think also it's just a result of him feeling himself because of such a great first half that he had, that he thought like he could do whatever he wanted in the second half in terms of the shots that he took. I thought a lot of shots were kind of ill-advised and they kind of just like didn't allow the Knicks to get the most optimized possession 
Um, there was one play that everyone points out. Like Grimes hit the three, I think, the previous play. Randall comes down. Um, and he has Grimes open again for a three, but he doesn't hit him for the three. Um, and you know, that is kind of like annoying because like I think he ended up taking like a, a mid-range shot in, in the post or like the, the offensive position ended up getting up stalled. But I just thought that, you know, his second half was was brutal. It definitely contributed to to the collapse of things. And you know, RJ just didn't help things at all either. Um yeah. I don't know. Mm, let's see what other comments we got here. Um Hawkeye 420. Second game in a row where we lost because of zero ball movement and not defending the three. Thibs has reverted back to his bad tendency after the win streak broke. Yeah, it's like almost like he was waiting for the win streak to to like end so like he can go back to what he likes to do as like some sort of like weird confirmation bias probably in his head. I don't know. But he has definitely reverted back to a lot of old bad habits, um, which, you know, you tell folks you can't really buy into like Thibs change in full time um because he's just gonna have the things that he likes to do and you know here we are back to the bullshit that's the best way i can put it that is the best way i can put it um one guy 420 also says why do the knicks hate playing in msg um i don't know man i don't know I mean, it doesn't help that, like, the refs absolutely cannot officiate to save their lives in MSG. But, yeah, there is, like, something. The Knicks, they definitely play better on the road. I don't know what it is. Um, Yeah, they just don't, you know. They don't play well in MSG. And, you know, we'll have to see how, how much of a issue this this continues to be throughout the season. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an issue right now. Let's see what else we have here. Um, Hawkeye for 20 says bench minutes were mid offense was non-existent. Definitely need OB back. I mean, shit. I mean, I, I've always been, you know, someone that defends what, um, you know, what Obi's having brings to the court. A lot of people are, you know, a little bit more, I don't know. They're a little bit more like, I want to say hesitant, but like, they're a little bit more, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're a little bit more cautious with how they approach their like optimism, I guess, without Obi. Um, trying to like at least shoe, not shoehorn him. Man, my words are just not coming out today. I don't know if because I'm tired or it's Christmas, but um, I would say a lot of people were just a lot more cautious about like fitting him into a role or subscribing him to a role um, on this team. I guess maybe to like either supplant their own disappointments or whatnot. But I don't. Yeah, we definitely need Obi back. He's definitely a, someone that provides an offensive spark. Um, he's someone that, you know, is able to take advantage of mistakes when defenses make them. 
definitely able to get out in transition um, sparks the transition game for us a lot of games too you know and i think you know that synergy with iq is definitely missed as well he's supposed to get evaluated reevaluated i think i don't know when to be honest but hopefully it's soon and hopefully he's back on the court soon because he's definitely missed in that second unit um as much as i love sims and deuce for what they bring defensively offensively they're still you know a ways away from providing what obi can um once again it is going to be interesting to see how thibs approaches with how how he approaches the the rotation when obi comes back and like does he keep sims does he keep hartenstein like is it a you know fluid thing which i doubt because he hasn't been fluid at all with anything really but we'll see but obi is definitely missed um hopefully when he comes back he can provide um some spacing hopefully that three-point shot is hitting again um and you know the athleticism um yeah he just brings a lot that we miss okay for 20 also says Sports should be illegal on this day. I definitely agree. Um, I definitely didn't enjoy having to sit in front of my TV and watch Knicks basketball um, playing the Sixers in like a free throw contest halfway through the game. So, yeah, I would definitely very much like a break from sports on these type of days. Um, yeah, I mean, between the giant, I mean, get, get this kind of s- sports disappointment sandwich. Had the Knicks the heartbreaker on, what was it, Friday? Giants disappointment yesterday, heartbreaker. Basically at the buzzer, like the Knicks game. And then today, the Knicks disappoint once again. Like Knicks, Giants, not Knicks. Disappointment. New York sports disappointment sandwich right there. You know, it's rough. It is very rough right now to be... New York sports fan after, you know, Giants hot start, Knicks eight-game win streak, and then this type of stuff to happen. But, you know, we move on. Um, All right, let's see what other comments we got here. JL says, MSG worst home court ever. Players be hitting fake-ass half-court shots. Not even just that. I mean, I could harp on the ref thing all day long, but like the vibe just feels weird in MSG. Like it doesn't feel like a place where I'm confident we're going to win games, which shouldn't be the case. But yeah, I mean, I've seen some, some people suggest that they're nervous in front of the home crowd, which is like very discouraging. Cause like for most of this team, like they played against in front of this home crowd for two years tops, I would say um the the guys from last year they obviously only a year in but like these guys have played in front of this court already like in front of these fans already like i don't understand what's there to be like nervous about um but yeah i really do think the way we get officiated on our home court is part of having us having the worst home court um ever I mean, if you look at, I don't know what the stats are, but like, I think we have the worst home court whistle in the league. I've watched my fair share of game. I've watched my fair share of games in the league, but like, it's really bad. The Knicks home court, it's really bad. Can't, can't get shit, honestly. Um, 
Jay also says Randall good when everything is going well, like it was for the first two quarters. When the game get tight, gets tight, he folds. Tale as old as time. I tweeted out too. I was like, it's JB time. And then I quickly realized, oh, he is, he's not going to let that happen. Like Julius isn't going to let that happen. Um, But like also with JB time, I just think it's like, it's just like, it's like a lot of ISO heavy pick and roll, pick and pops, picking like get Julius the ball in the mid post. Like that's what a lot of JB time entails. Um, it's not really conducive style to development of the players on the team, as well as just winning, especially when guys don't really have it going as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how things, you know, go from here. Um, it's going to be funny to see how, how long Thibs gets. I mean, I think the eight game win streak bought him the rest of the season, to be honest, in my honest opinion, but yeah. All right, JL. Only teams with worse home records than the Knicks are the Hornets, Pistons, Spurs, and Rockets. Wemby sweepstakes teams. Yeah, if you can't win your home games, you're going to be... I mean, right now the Knicks are like in that like prime play-in spot right now. Which is like... They're, they're not too far ahead of teams like Atlanta, Indiana even Miami. So it's like a couple more of these losses and we are right back down towards, you know, we're right in the mix of the plan. I mean, right now we're above the plan, which is good, but we're like barely floating above. Um, And, you know, with the tendencies that this team showcases so many times, it is very hard to like really be confident in them staying above that plan spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're right there with the home wins with the Wemby teams. It's not a good sign because like, if you can't be, if you can't defend home court, you're not going to be able to like, even have a chance at home court in the playoffs. Like if we continued our win streak, I mean, the two teams above us, they were on win streaks right when we were getting into ours too. Um, Brooklyn and Philly, they're both on eight game win streaks. We were on eight game win streak. Um, if we had continued or at least one, two of the last three, which we should have easily, I think we'd be right there in the mix of things for four and five in the East and four, four gets you home court. So it's like you win your home games, you can get a higher playoff spot, but if you don't take care of business on your home court, you're just not going to, you're, you're going to be in that lower tier of the playoff teams. Um, and that's what most people, I guess, predicted for them to be. So they're not so disappointed. But like when you go on that eight game one streak and you kind of show what you kind of give a preview of what the team can be long term um, over the season. Then, you know, it kind of like is a slap in the face to the fans when you start losing games like this and, you know, you can't defend home court. Um, and, you know, you kind of revert back to the way you were to start the season. So, you know. It's just stuff like that that's that's very disappointing. Um, I, I honestly don't know what this team does in terms of, you know, I think the eight-man, the nine-man, I said eight-man, but it's basically eight-man today, but like, oh, um, 
the um the rotation the nine-man rotation i think it does need to be expanded just a bit i think the minutes load is too much for certain guys in terms of barrett and randall i just think that's like way too much minutes for them 43 minutes for rj um 40 minutes for julius that's a lot that's like that's like close to like i think the we hear year minutes load I could be bugging, but it seems very similar to that. Um, and that's just, I don't think that's good. I think guys can get gassed. And yeah. <clears throat> um, let's see what else we got here. Um, JL says Brunson missing his return to Dallas next game would stink. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Well, I did mention in passing that he got hurt. Um, I don't know what injury it was per se, but it was a little bit concerning to see him leave that game, leave the game with an injury. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, we've also seen him leave the game before and come back the next game, like hooping. So it could be something that, you know, is not too serious, but you know, it could be good for him to get a game to rest and like, see what the team has with IQ starting or something like that. Um, Stables would be have no choice but to be forced into giving IQ close to starter minutes load, which would probably be good for the team and for him, because I think the team plays a little bit differently when he's at point. Um, he's able to initiate things. I just think move a lot more differently and defensively. It just gives us a different look, I think, as well. Um, I mentioned earlier how his defense was key into keeping us close with um, the Sixers. And, and once he got subbed out, you know, things kind of went to shit defensively because, um, you know, He's someone that, like, even when guys miss their rotation, he's able to, like, quickly stunt, recover, or even, like, fully rotate onto guys and very and switch very quickly. Um, no pun intended again. Um, but, yeah, I think he's just able to do so many things well defensively that and cover up for so many guys' mistakes. Like, for example, when, when Randall was missing the rotations on Niang, he was out there to, you know, muddy that a little bit and you know not let it affect us to the degree that it ended up having as soon as he was subbed out so i think him starting if he's able to start next game if brunson's not able to go i think it just gives us a different look on both sides of the ball um and brunson was one of the people that dallas hunted in that last game so you know just also thinking about that so it would stink but the way they hunted him last game and tried to get quentin grimes off luca um, and the way they absolutely killed us from three could end up being a positive thing. Who knows? But yeah. Um, once again, you know, venturing into the box score for the Knicks just a little bit. Um, Mitch Robinson had 10. Um, had 10 points, 16 rebounds, four assists. He's had some really good games. I think him getting into foul trouble really kind of put a damper on his not only his performance, but like the Knicks defense as a whole. So that kind of sucked seeing him get in foul trouble. Um, Quentin Grimes, 10 points. Um, let me check his assists real quick. Six assists. And I believe he had eight rebounds, I want to say. Really great all-around game from him. Um, oh, three rebounds actually. Three rebounds, six assists, four personal fouls. Um, I think he handled the Harden matchup, um, as well as anyone could in his position. 
Um, he just, you know, was a victim of that hardened whistle. I thought some of the calls on him were a little bit unfair. Um, but again, that's what you're getting into in that matchup. But other, oh, other than that, I think he handled the matchup pretty well. Um, two for seven from three. You know, I'm hoping that he can hit more of the opportunities he gets from three because they don't come as often as I would like them to come just because he is someone that, I mean, it doesn't look like they're always looking for him. So I think he also just, like, needs to, like, get back to cutting a little bit more too, which would help um, get his eyes in front of um, different players. He had a cut earlier in the game, like, very early in the game that Jalen Brunson found him on, a backdoor cut, so, you know, more stuff like that can help him get um, some more points. Um, if he's not someone, he's if he's not someone that's going to be hitting their threes as often as he does. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what's going to um, help there. Um, Hartenstein, two points, one rebound in 15 minutes. Sims, four rebounds, four points, four four four, four fouls to. Um, quickly, 22 minutes, probably wouldn't have gotten there if Brunson didn't get hurt. Um, but 11 points, two for five from three, one rebound, one assist, played some great defense as well. I just think, you know, he's just another steady hand at guard. Um, that's very underrated on this team because of the like inconsistent stretches that he goes on in terms of shooting. But, um, Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Um. Oh, yeah. How could I forget the one thing that also helped against us, too, is um <clears throat> the zone defense. I feel like this is something that was so much of a more pressing issue last year um, with the Knicks, just because, like, they didn't know how to really attack it and, like, I feel like earlier this season they were better at attacking it when they were seeing it. So like teams didn't use it as much, but like Philly went to a zone and that definitely helped stifle um, the Knicks actions as well. Um, It's so wild to me that this team year after year cannot beat a zone consistently. Um, I feel like that's on the coach to prepare the players for that. And you might be saying, you might be saying like okay like the players are the ones that are on the court but like honestly like if like the team isn't prepared to play against a zone like they're obviously not going to know what to do so but yeah Hawkeye for 26 dibs reverted back to his old ways man annoying that a Glen River zone the Knicks up yeah um I just you know don't know what to say there. It's kind of sad, but yeah. It's three years now going against zone and the team just doesn't know what to do. It looks like a deer in headlights. Um, there were some games earlier this year where they did look better against a zone. Um, but again, it's not something that's consistent. As you can see today, Doc Rivers zone was able to mess up the Knicks and, you know, but it, it wasn't only just that, though. So we'll see. I think that, you know, 
if I mean that's like one of many issues with Dibs in terms of going against his zone. Um, I mean, there's obviously the rotation things, the the way he handles certain players' minutes. I mean, IQ still not being able to get 25 minutes per game in these situations is wild to me, especially when he's one of your better defenders. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Um, I think also what would have helped a ton in that um, that fourth quarter, at least when like the defenses were really focusing on guys like RJ and Randall having IQ out there as another ball handler and letting him actually initiate with those guys, it just would have you know helped ease things on Randall and RJ so they don't have to take such tough shots. Um. But yeah, um, I think it's gonna be the last comment before I get out of here because I am absolutely exhausted. Um, and you know, it's Christmas. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here for over an hour talking about the Knicks losing a game in the in a similar way as before. Um, but yeah, Hawkeye four twenty also says I think Grimes is still injured because this is the second game he got cooked. Um, it could be that. Um, I th- I think though against like against a matchup like Harden, it's very hard to like. I mean, Grimes still had two matchups back to back that have been very hard. Um, not only just not even not only just Harden, but I think the combination of like DeRozan, um, and and Zach Levine, like having that on back to back, not nights, but back to back games, it's like really tough for him to do. Um, and when the rest of the team is just like not there defensively as they were as, as much as locked in as they were during that win streak, that it, it's, re- it, it really falls hard on guys like Grimes and Mitch. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just tough. It's just tough work for him. Um, but you know, credit to him. He's still, you know, being able to, you know, do his best. Um, but he needs help out there. Um, um, Hawkeye for 20 also says refs clearly don't respect his defense. Reminds me of Frank not getting the benefit with good defense. Yeah, sadly, 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 that's the case. Um, I think though someone like Grimes can gain a good, good reputation with the refs over a period of time, but like what's time to wait for the refs to actually get respect for young, good, good young defenders. Like, I'm tired of that shit. Like, why does he have to, why does he have to get the respect of the refs? Like it should be something that is a given that, you know, you watch him. He's a good defender. Like give him the benefit of the doubt that, you know, he's not fouling, but again, certain matchups, like having DeRozan and Harden on back-to-back games, two absolute foul merchants having to guard them for, for, for varying degrees of the game. It's just like, it's insane. It's insane. Um, you know. But yeah, we'll see. Next game, we do have the Mavericks coming up. We will be in Dallas. They absolutely obliterated the Knicks the last time they played them in MSG. Um, was the game that was kind of the catalyst for the winning streak to begin with. Maybe we can start a new win streak with them. Hopefully. I don't know. Um, again, huge thing that's gonna be key against them, the three ball. Um, and like what to do when they switch up 
the way that they're playing. Like, if Grimes is on Luca, they're definitely going to try their best to get Luca off of him and probably someone like Jalen Brunson if he does end up playing. Um, it's going to be very interesting how the Knicks approach that because once that happened, it looked like the Knicks had no backup plan um, as to what to do when Luca got the rock. So, you know, it would definitely help to have not to have Tim Hardaway Jr. not like go absolutely absolutely nuts from three. So, you know, I know he's been cold as of late, which is like perfect setup for him to go crazy against us, but we'll see. I, you know, I've definitely dampered my expectations for this team again um, since they've come off, they've come down off the high of the win streak. Um, all these losses, the way Dibs is reverting back to old tendencies, the way certain players are not being as consistent as they, as they were before. You know, it's just grounds for me to just damper my expectations once again. And, you know, go into this game, not really expecting the Knicks to like, not necessarily win or lose, but like, I'm just like holding out, you know, on making bold claims or predictions. Um, Cause that win streak kind of got me a little bit confident in making bolder predictions against teams, but you know, they've, they've obviously, sh- they've shown that they obviously cannot be trusted to do that for. They're not the type of team that you can just, go out there and boldly and loudly say things like, oh, I think this is what's going to happen this game. So, you know, I'm going to go into it with a kind of a blank slate and, you know, hoping that the Knicks can defend the three because lately that's been an issue for them too, which is what was the issue against Dallas to begin things. Um, You're you're just hoping that if they don't win, they don't get embarrassed by Dallas because that's what happened last time. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I I hope that we can win this game. We've definitely performed better on the road. So that's one thing that, you know, you can think um, for the Knicks is that, you know, they do perform better on the road and they will be on the road against Dallas. So, and you're just seeing what, um, you're just seeing what, um, what Jalen Brunson's status is for the next game. Um, I will head out of here. I think that will be the last comment. Shout out to Hawkeye for 20 jail and um, Chris Bernhardt for holding it down with the comments today. Um, we'll be, I will be back definitely for sure. After the Mavericks game on Tuesday, I'm going to get as much rest in as possible. Try to enjoy this Christmas break um, away from work. So, you know, shout out to everyone that tuned in. Shout out to everyone that left a comment. Um, everything stricken related, as you all know, is in the, comments in the description um definitely leave a like subscribe if you haven't already we are on our way to 1k subs um as i lose my voice we have links to the site the merch patreon and twitter all great ways to support us we are also on instagram at district dot land um you know all great ways to follow up with us continue keeping up with the content um i'll be back on tuesday after the mavericks game peace out y'all Happy holidays. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean a cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini yeah, fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly 
Eye on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.